For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. It's Sport Check. Welcome to a brand new week, almost a brand new month, and a brand new episode of the Sports Yak Podcast, episode 234. Oh, you mean the Nolan Arenado episode? I'm familiar with his work. Oh, man, is he a good third baseman for the Colorado Rockies. Seven-time Gold Glove winner, five-time All-Star, three times he's led the National League in home runs. I know the rap on him is, okay, he plays out in Colorado. What would his numbers be like if he played elsewhere? They'd still be good. The pride of El Toro High School. Newport Beach, California. He's Nolan Arenado. Plus, it's fun to say <laughs> Nolan Arenado. Top five fun athletes to say during a broadcast. Oh, in no particular order. I, I I have to admit, I work with him now, but I always used to enjoy doing his highlights in high school because I'd say, "People, let me tell you about Bo Hunt." <laughs> There's one. Four more. Uh, Nolan Arenado. There's two. Um, I always enjoyed Cesar Geronimo. Oh. For the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Okay. There's three. Uh, let's see. Who else is there? Um, Providence uh, had a basketball player named God Sham God uh, back in the day. Okay. God Sham God was... Not not necessarily rolls off the tongue, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And and you've had names like uh, well the other the other night Adams had a kicker named Cohen Cohen, 
Um, got to be careful. We've got Bowl Bowl playing <laughs> basketball now. So those double names are okay. My current favorite one is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know you're a big fan of his. And uh, way back in the day, back in the early 1970s, the uh, Montreal Expos had a catcher named John Baccabella. <laughs> that was a fun one. Yes. All right. Let's get into it. Notre Dame football, and you have on our playlist of things to talk about Notre Dame tickets. Well, that's because there was a document that was not supposed to be released to everybody, but it got out uh, yesterday that shows that the University of Notre Dame is only going to allow students, faculty, and staff the opportunity to purchase tickets this year for home football games. And that they will not have any tickets available for Notre Dame people for away games that you'll have to get those from those institutions if you wish to travel to see the Irish. Uh, Obviously, there continue to be concerns with COVID on campus. And while the positivity rate has been coming down, they don't really want outsiders coming in. They, I think we talked about this on Friday how they are going to limit the amount of media who are going to be allowed to come in. And so it stands to reason that they're trying to keep outsiders away from campus as possible. Mm -hmm. And so students, faculty, and staff, that's it. Uh, Tickets will be digital. You can't resell them because they are assigned to you and you must have your campus ID in order to get in faculty and staff as well yes wow now you're in an interesting predicament because Mm -hmm. you're media and you're also married to a staff member right so how does that work for your family should it work well again i don't know if it's staff and a guest or just Staff. staff wow but we had this conversation in the car yesterday and she is definitely putting in I mean, who wouldn't want to say, yeah, I got to go to a game during the pandemic when it was limited and all that. So the people who are allowed to have access are fired up. But questions remain, okay, is it staff and a guest or does she have to sit there alone or can she, you know, she could obviously go with friends of hers who are on staff. They could decide this is the game we want to go to because for the faculty and staff it's um you purchase by the game the students are the really the only ones who can buy a season ticket what do you think 23 is going to look like on game day do you think there's still going to be an air of it's a football saturday in south bend or just a don't even come near here well there's no tailgating allowed either i'm but i'm talking about off campus you know that Martin's sports, the sports bars. It's going to be diminished. It's clearly going to be diminished because they don't want people coming around. Yeah. And I can understand people are going to try it. That's what I mean. It's one thing for the, the owners to say, Hey, we don't want you to come around, but people are people. Right. And they might try it. Uh, but you think of the economic problems that this is going to bring on for the area around campus, the city of South Bend, those hotels all over the place, Roseland, Mishawaka, South Bend, 
I mean, this is a blow. This is a blow to the community. To a certain extent, you understand why they're doing it. I know there's people on both sides of the COVID argument. Mm -hmm. I get that. But you look at what the university has done so far, how they came within a hair's breadth of sending everybody home, decided to keep the campus open, decided that they were going to crack down on the students and put in some measures, and they seem to have worked. They have lowered the positivity rate on campus. But if you've got that going in the right direction, the last thing you want is for people to come in, whether it's from all over this community or all over the country, for a football game and take the chance of of spreading it. So, yes, the football weekends are going to look incredibly different than what they have. And this is going to be the case everywhere in the country. I've yet to hear of any stadium saying we're going to be at full capacity. The only one I've heard allowing tailgating so far is Florida State. But we'll we'll see what happens across the country. And as you asked me this morning off the air, will this be the case for all season or will they change it at some point? Game by game. I imagine, I mean, obviously they could change it at some point. I'm sure they'd like to be able to change it at some point. But, I mean, realistically, looking at what we've looked at so far this year, I don't see it changing. It's certainly not going to change for the first two games. Duke and South Florida, that's the policy. Uh, I don't see it changing too much for the October games. Maybe, maybe Clemson, maybe Syracuse, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Now, at least they're still playing football because the Big Ten – is just still beside itself. The Big Ten came out last week, and there's all kinds of little plans popping up everywhere. Where When might we start football? It might start in the spring, in March. It might start it in January. There was a plan that came out. Maybe we'll start it on Thanksgiving weekend. That's the most idiotic plan I've seen. Why would you, why would you try to start the Big Ten season on the same weekend that basically the college football season is coming to its crux, you know, the ones who decided to play. And obviously nobody knows yet whether the Big Ten and the Pac-12 made the right decision or not. The ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are going ahead and playing. There was a college football game on my TV over the weekend. Granted, it was Central Arkansas and Austin P, but... It was there for the viewing of somebody who wanted to watch it. Austin Powers? Austin P, the governor's. Oh, okay. Down in Tennessee. So, college football is proceeding. Let, and are let's, there, say, um, let's say Big Ten does start in the spring. Does that coincide with their basketball program as well? Well, that depends on when they want to start it. But yes, it could be going on. Both of them at the same time? When basketball is going on. Oh, my. I mean, here's here's the crux of it. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 expected everybody else to fall, all the other dominoes to fall. And they didn't. And they didn't. And therefore, they're, they're standing on the outside looking in. 
Now, high school football continues, and I had the opportunity to broadcast the Marion Knox game the other night. Marion ranked number two in Class 3A, handled the Redskins 35-12. to They're a team with a lot of weapons. We saw some explosive runs by Malcolm Anderson, who was our player of the game, and by Maddox Begonia Bright, their quarterback. He went on a 63-yard romp. So the Knights looked very good. Knox will get better. They're 0-2, but they've played two very good teams here at the start, and things will get better for them, much like Mishawaka, which is 0-2 right now, having lost to Marion and Elkhart. Elkhart beat them 35-28 in their first game as a unified Elkhart High School uh, last Friday night. And Mishawaka is an 0-2 team that I don't think anybody really looks forward to playing because they're a really good 0-2 team. How good is Elkhart? I don't know. We're going to find out as the season goes along. We might find out this week. They go down and play Columbus East, which is a traditional power here in Indiana. So... We'll get to learn a little bit more about the Lions. But I'll tell you what, the Lions have some weapons. They got Tyron Mason. They got Derek Woods. The most impressive thing about that game, though, in my eyes, was the fact that Dylan Ross, the starting quarterback, gets injured in the first quarter on a touchdown run. Cameron Wiltfong comes in off the bench. And Josh Shaddock had told me, you know, they're like 1A and 1B. Don't really look at them as 1 and 2 because it's been a really good quarterback competition. And Cameron Wiltfong came in and played like a, a starting quarterback. He wasn't a kid who sat there on the bench and said, well, Ross is starting, I'm just going to sit here and sulk and everything. He was and his team benefited from that because he came in, did a good job, got the ball to Mason, got the ball to Woods, didn't make mistakes, and the Blazers, the Blazers, the Lions wind up winning 35-28. Other high school football over the weekend. Pause yes. button. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Are they testing the students before they go into this game? Or what is the Oh, you're protocol? going back to the Notre Dame thing. No, 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 no. I'm going to the Elkhart game this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, Do you know what protocol is? It's it's kind of the honor system. There's nobody there scanning people as they come in. I follow somebody on Twitter in the Elkhart program, some sort of photographer. The students did not look like they were social distancing at this game. Well... Not only were they not, I, I heard there was a bit of a scuffle in the stands at one point. Interesting. Which you can't have a scuffle in social distance. I no, think. you can't. I'm just curious what protocol is at these games. Like, what did you see in your audience? Well, spread out. Somewhat. And certainly the road stands were spread out. The Marion stands, you have to understand, you can sit together as a family unit. So you might see three or four people together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, two rows down from them, you might see another three or four people together. And when you look on camera, because the way the camera flattens 3D yes. and you get more of a two-dimensional image, it might look like they're sitting more on top of each other. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I can't tell you, oh, yes, that's a family and, oh, no, that's not a family. I do think the students, and and just my eyes, seemed a little close together, but yeah, I I don't know. We won't know, of course, what happens or the ramifications of it until down the line. Okay. And you're getting ready for this uh, Friday, right? This Friday we have Adams two and zero. 
They just posted back-to-back shutouts for the first time since 1991. And they take on a Riley team that's 0-2, having lost to John Glenn over the weekend. So uh, Riley, of course, will be fired up for a chance to take on their city rival. But Adams vastly improved. I would put Adams and Wawasee as my most improved teams right now. Wawasee also posting back-to-back shutouts for the first time since 1986. Wow. They beat West Noble on Friday night. They have a tough test in Northridge. Northridge will come in uh, to Syracuse on Friday night. Tom Wogerman's team picked up a win over St. Joe last Friday. I believe they shut the Indians out, put 42 on the board against them. A lot of people have told me Northridge is a team to watch in the NLC this year. We'll see them towards the end of the season. Uh, but keep an eye on the Raiders right now. They're playing good ball. Northwood lost a heartbreaker to East Noble on Friday night, 15-14. to And so the Panthers start off 0-1, but you have to remember East Noble is one of the two or three best teams in Class 4A, so nothing for the Panthers to hang their head about. They get ready for Northern Lakes Conference play against Concord this weekend. Concord survived a thriller. They beat Jimtown in overtime 29-23 in that battle for the Cable Line Cup. Minutemen had a 14-point fourth-quarter lead. Jimtown came all the way back, forced overtime, but Concord gets a touchdown on their overtime possession after denying Jimtown on its, and so the Minutemen get out of net field with a win. Nice. Anything else catch your eye from Friday night? Those were pretty much the primary games that I was keeping my eye on. New Prairie is 2-0. They were Academy, a good solid win for Casey McKim's team. I'm just, uh, it's interesting to see some teams who so far have been able to create a turnaround. Now, the thing about Adams is we really don't know how good they are because the two teams they've beaten so far, Washington and Woodland, not that good this year. Um, you know, you look at Bremen, they're 2-0 and right now. They've beaten St. Joe and Washington. How good are those teams? Eh, hard to say. Okay. So that's the thing. We're... You try to keep an eye on team right now and see how they're doing. John Glenn, 2-0, by the way, for the first time since 1990. They beat Riley. But how good are the teams that you've beaten so far? Nobody really knows for sure. You don't know really for high school football until week four or week five. Okay. Kind of where a team falls. As a baseball fan, do you find yourself scratching your head when you see a score like yesterday's Cubs score? And you kind of wonder, why isn't that team showing up to every game? Or is it that Cincinnati is just that bad? Well, there's all kinds of things. First of all, baseball, your your baseball team is usually only as good as your starting pitcher. If your starting pitcher is lights out, it doesn't matter who you're facing, you're probably going to be good. And if your starting pitcher stinks, uh, you're probably going to have a long day. And Luis Castillo, while he's got really good stuff sometimes, he leaves it out over the plate lots of times, and he left it over the plate way too many times yesterday. And the Cubs managed club six homers off Cincinnati pitching, setting a major league record. There had never been a starting outfield in a major league baseball game where each of the three outfielders hit multiple home runs. But that happened yesterday. Schwarber, Happ, and Hayward all go deep twice. And the Cubs club Cincinnati 10-1, earning the split in that series. The Cubs really should have won three out of four. Saturday night, I'm enjoying the fire pit. 
sitting out there with my lovely bride and we're listening to the dulcet tones of Pat Hughes describe the second game of the doubleheader between the Cubs and Cincinnati. Cubs had won the first game on Saturday and they took a 5-4 lead into the bottom of the seventh and they brought in Craig Kimbrell. And the moment I heard who was coming in for the Cubs, I almost asked Diane to shut it off because you just kind of knew what was going to happen. Walk, walk, hit, wild pitch, wild pitch, pass ball, ball game. And the Cubs lose to Cincinnati 6-5. And I posted Craig Kimbrell doing Craig Kimbrell things. And somebody tried to say, well, the pass ball wasn't his fault. Okay, but everything else in the inning was. Follow-up question. Uh, do, you, do you listen on a transistor radio on your phone? On the phone. Oh. Diane's got the MLB app. So Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. She, she likes to listen to games. When she was going into work, she would listen to them in her cube. Now she can just listen to them at home. Nice. That's a subscription thing, right? Yeah, it's not. For the audio part, though, it's not very expensive. It's like five bucks a year or something. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Cubs find themselves in first place ahead of St. Louis uh, by three and a half games. Milwaukee and Cincinnati still in contention. Meanwhile, over on the south side, the White Sox continue to play exciting baseball. They went to the 10th yesterday, all tied up at two. And Luis Robert, their exciting rookie outfielder, blasts a three-run homer to give the Sox a 5-2 win over Kansas City. And that puts the Sox in a tie with Cleveland for first place in the AL Central. And you might be asking, well, what about Minnesota? I thought Minnesota was in first place in the AL Central. Well, Minnesota ran into the buzzsaw known as the Detroit Tigers, an unstoppable force as of late. They took a series from Cleveland, they took a series from the Cubs, and then they swept the Minnesota Twins, who had been in first place in the AL Central. And lo and behold, after winning seven of their last nine, the Tigers are now 500, and being 500 these days, Corey, puts you in playoff contention. The Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers. Make sure I heard what I heard. Ron Gardenhire's squad. Rudy Gombardner. So they find themselves in playoff contention right now after a 3-2 win over Minnesota on Sunday. We've just passed the halfway point of the season. September should be a lot of fun for baseball fans. Mm. So Chuck uh, drew my attention to a golf shot yesterday, and then luckily we saw it on TV. They had it as a couple of highlights. That's one you should probably go track down today if you haven't seen it yet. There, there were actually two of them. Were there? So the Dustin Johnson putt that set up the playoff yesterday in the BMW Championship, he's putting on 18, and he's 45 feet away from the hole. And the ball starts off. It takes a right turn, and then it takes another left turn because he's putting along a ridge, and he runs that baby into the hole to force a playoff with John Rahm. Now, remember, Dustin Johnson had just dominated at the Northern Trust in Boston last week. He is the world's number one player, and you would think going into a playoff, he would be unstoppable. And so John Rahm had been warming up on the range, and normally, of course, you would hear this roar from 18 if something like that happened. But with very few people on the course, you heard more of a, eh. 
And um, <laughs> which is kind of the way people react to this show, too. Yeah. Um, so they decide first playoff hole would be 18. And Rom winds up 66 feet, five inches away from the hole. And he hits his putt. And you saw this putt this morning on the Today Show. It literally takes a right turn, much as your car would at an intersection. Yes. And it curves, and it goes right on into the hole. And all Dustin Johnson can do is stand there and laugh. Because, well, first of all, he's still making a lot of money. Secondly, he's still married to Paulina Gretzky. And third, he realizes he just lost the tournament, but on one of the greatest putts you're ever going to see. Mm-hmm. John Rahm wins for the second time in the last five tries, and uh, everybody kind of steamrolling through the playoffs right now for the FedEx Cup. But after the playoffs are over, Corey, two more weeks left in the playoffs, after the playoffs are over on the PGA Tournament, then you've got the U.S. Open on the weekend of September 19th. Which, here's a fun fact for you. I'm going to give you some inside information here. The U.S. Open is being televised on NBC. There's a Notre Dame home football game set for September 19th against South Florida. And who does Notre Dame home football games? NBC. Well, you can't show two things at once, can you? No. And what do you think has more nationwide appeal? The United States Open Golf Tournament or Notre Dame and South Florida football? I'll go with the golf. That would be correct. And so look for the Notre Dame-South Florida game to air on NBC Sports Network, which you need cable to be able to get. Mm. Look for many phone calls that day to the WNDU newsroom. Why can't I see the game? Is that what you sound like on the phone? Yes. And then I yell, get off my lawn! (laughs) You go through all your catchphrases. Mm -hmm. Get off the bypass. Mm -hmm. Stay off the bypass. Get off my lawn. Why can't I see the game? Yeah. The big three. Yeah. Okay. Basketball. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, A legendary figure has passed away. John Thompson, the longtime Georgetown Hoyas coach, has died. Uh, Breaking news from overnight. Thompson became the first black man to coach an NCAA champion when he led Georgetown to the title in 1984. He's known as the head coach for such uh, legendary players as Sleepy Floyd, Pat Ewing, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson says, John Thompson saved my life. Mm. He basically took him out of the ghettos and helped him become a man and had him stay in school long enough to help educate him, and of course Iverson went to the Philadelphia 76ers and had a terrific NBA career. But Allen Iverson is very clear in telling people that John Thompson was the biggest difference in his life. And he was that way for a lot of young men, young black men, and is one of the great figures of college basketball. He's in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. A lot of people forget John Thompson was a heck of an NBA player, too. He played on two Boston Celtics championship teams in the late 50s. So John Thompson passing away, that's a sad note for college basketball. The NBA restarted this weekend with playoff action. A lot of series ended. 
the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers all ended their series with wins. Uh, the one series that has been wildly entertaining from an individual standpoint is this series between Utah and Denver because Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray have been putting up monster numbers, and yesterday seemed to be Murray's time. He scored 50, and Denver forced a Game 7 with a win over Utah. So that series will continue. Uh, Boston and Toronto just getting underway in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Boston won Game 1 yesterday over Toronto. Toronto's got the NBA Coach of the Year and Nick Nurse, who said his team did not play at all as what he's used to seeing from them. So they'll go back to the drawing board and make adjustments, which is what these playoff series are. You know, you you watch Game 1 and a team will do something, so then... You go to try to take that away from them, and that might leave something else open. You try to see what kind of adjustments they are. And, and these playoff series, often uh, when you have equally matched teams, which I think Boston and Toronto are fairly equally matched, often these playoff games are chess matches between the coaches. Sometimes you just have a situation where one team has more talent than the others, and I think that was the case with the Lakers and Portland. Okay. And finally, we'll touch on hockey uh, as the Islanders, Vegas, and uh, Dallas all picked up wins yesterday. They all lead their series three games to one. Now, I put on the uh, rundown today, pop culture. You had quite a bit going into the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, but going into the weekend, we had no idea uh, that Chadwick Boseman, the star of movies like 42 and Black Panther, would pass away. We find out that he's been battling with colon cancer since 2016, and you and I were both amazed at how many performances and great performances he has turned in while dealing with that. Yeah, he was he was on trajectory of being probably my son's version of Denzel. Yeah. And the physicality of a Black Panther, uh, two Avengers movies... 42, uh, the Thoroughgood Marshall movie. Yeah. There was an action movie called 21 Bridges that got snuck out in there and all that time battling with colon cancer. I was I was sad on Friday night hearing that. He was, uh, Black Panther was such a great movie. It was like the number one film, top grossing movie of all time for a little while until the big Avengers uh, doubleheader kind of knocked it out of its place. But it was such a cultural pivot where like there was one white guy in that movie yeah everybody on staff everybody directing everybody editing everybody starring was african-american well and for a lot of people in the black community it finally gave them a comic book hero that they could relate to yes yeah here's an interesting little fun fact i told chuck this this morning chadwick died on the day that was jackie robinson day in baseball he played jackie in the movie right. 42 it was also Jack Kirby's birthday who created Black Panther. He died on that day. So that's a bummer. And then, of course, we had to go into a deep dive. My son and I like, who is going to play Black Panther now? Because his villain in Black Panther would be an amazing replacement. Michael B. Jordan, who was oh. in the Creed movies. Yeah. He was the bad guy in the movie. Right. And they, they kicked him to the curb and ended him in a villain sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Or does that end the series? Oh, 
You'd hate to see that happen. I hate but, to see that. It's such but, a good character. But the problem is, no matter who plays, it, if you do have, no matter who plays Black Panther, they're going to be measured against the performance of Bozeman. Yeah. Now, it's not to say that it hasn't happened. How many James Bonds have we had? Right. So. Right. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Oof. <laughs> I took one for the team on that one. My 13-year-old loved it. And that's that. I had a bad feeling. We we expressed my sentiments on a 29 years to the third of a trilogy mm-hmm. on Friday. There's no need to rehash that other than to say, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. That's a segment that comes up many times on this program. I told you so. Yeah. And Need to Breathe knocked it out of the park with their online performance on Friday night with their new album, Out of Body. It was, Chuck, it was next level stuff. So good. Do the VMAs mean anything to you anymore? No, they haven't for twenty years. I don't get how how of much. Of course, we're not of the age demographic. How much coverage they got this morning on the news? There's no music videos in the world that require an award anymore. You know, in music history, I think today was the day that uh, CBS played "Bad" for the first time by Michael Jackson. Okay, do you remember that one? It was in the parking garage mm-hmm. and the dance or whatever. You know, that was a big deal. There hasn't been a music video that people stopped and went, "Oh, it just I don't get it. I don't get it." Well, you can rest assured that I didn't watch because <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know anybody no in there anyway. Nope. I've heard of Lady Gaga. Yeah. But that's that's about it. I, I saw we saw Miley Cyrus swinging on a disco ball, so I'm just assuming she sang Wrecking Ball, which is a 8-year-old song now. Yeah. I, I don't know. Un- unless that was somebody posing as Miley Cyrus. I think it was her. Okay. Yeah. Uh by the way, you mentioned this day in music history. 47 years ago today, I believe it was Live and Let Die that went either gold or platinum. Oh. On this day, those James Bonds, James Bond songs, those are hits and misses. Yeah, sometimes they are juggernauts. Adele, uh, "Live and Let Die." Uh, what's another one that was a Goldfinger was kind of a big deal back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, Shirley Bassey. Sure. Uh, the Sam Smith song wasn't bad, but then there's been just some. Oh, train wrecks. Die another day. Yeah. Uh, but others, I was, I was listening to some McCartney on the way home yesterday. Like a good man should. Um, I believe it was band on the run that was playing on the radio wings. And it made me think if Paul McCartney is just sitting around in his house and he's strumming the guitar or whatever, or a song pops in his head, do you think it's more likely a Beatles song or something from Wings, Ooh. or something from later. I think it depends who's in the living room with him. Mm-hmm. I think he's you got to assume it's Linda. I think it, well, she's dead. Okay. Uh, I think if he's got guests over, he will entertain them with something from the classic. I think if it's him, I think he'll do something that inspired him as a young man. Again, you know, like, you would, an, like an Elvis or a Jerry Lee Lewis. Or, so not even one of his own Not even catalog. one of his, no. no. Or unless he's exciting about something he just did, something new. But I think he's the type of guy, at least now in this age, 
he's going to carve out time. If I'm doing a new record, we're going to work on that. Well, yeah, I understand that. But, but just he, strumming? If he just goes back to an old song, I would think that it would be a Beatles song. But I just wonder how often he anymore plays because... He had some very good songs with Wings. Yes. But I just don't know how often he plays those anymore. Yeah, that's a whole other catalog right there. Last week in music history was the infamous Elvis meets the Beatles at his Bel Air estate. Mm. That's an interesting story. No photography allowed. They didn't want to turn it into a media circus. They actually wanted them <laughs> to meet, enjoy each other's company, start off awkward, then the managers left the room, and they actually started playing together. There you go. They, they played uh, I Feel Fine. That was one of their songs that they played. I can picture that. Yeah. So there you go, Chuck Freebie. One other note from this date in history. Yes. This date in my history. This was the first day that I ever laid eyes on the lovely Diane Schroeder, who became Diane Freebie. August 31st was my first day in the WNDU newsroom as a new hire in 1987. Yeah. And she walked in, and Jeff Jeffers proclaimed, Yo, Schro, because her maiden name was Schroeder. She waved to him. So the next day, September 1st, 1997, Jeffers wasn't there when she walked in, and I yelled, Yo, Schro. And she thought to herself, Who's this jack wagon? Would she later tell you that, or is oh, that yeah. what you concocted yeah. in your head? No, no. She later told me. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, since you remember the day you first laid eyes on your future wife, do you remember what you did that day at work on your first day? Uh, I was I was just kind of getting orientation, basically, and uh, the first was a preview of an Elkhart Central Riley football game because I knew I was going to get at least one interview mm -hmm. going over to Elkhart Central. I knew that... Coach Kurth would definitely talk to his former PA announcer and help me out. And as it turned out, I, I had some success going to other places and talking to other coaches and players as well over the years. You're probably getting ready for a football game, too, like a Notre Dame football game, right? Maybe? Um, I'm trying to think when the Irish played. I, I certainly remember the first Notre Dame football game I wrote highlights for. I think I told you about this one. It was a Notre Dame-Michigan game. Okay. 1987. Ricky Waters uh, does a somersault into the end zone. And I am writing the highlights for Jack Nolan. And I am so trying to make sure that the words match up with the pictures. I want this to be a work of art. And, you know, it's my first time. I want to make sure everything's perfect. So Waters somersaults into the end zone, and he comes up. The ball is kind of in his hand, and he holds it up right above his head, and I wrote, and voila, the Irish pull the upset 24 to 10. Jack, unfortunately, on the air reads it as, and viola, the Irish pull the upset 24 to 10, which wound up being an inside joke for all of us for years. <laughs> that was the first game that season. Notre Dame. What date? Michigan, September 12th. Okay, so I'd been on the job for a full two weeks. By yeah. Viola. <laughs> Viola. <laughs> oh, gave me a little bit of a head rush. Let's end there. Uh, let's do that.
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Sports Yak. Chuck, you're on Twitter as well. At 46 Sports. Appreciate Ray from Mishawaka sending a note about the Yak this week on the Twitter. Feel free to do that and let us know, should we continue this or should we just, you know, fall off the face of the earth? Right off into a blaze of glory. Until next time, Yak fans. Oogalooga, Nolan Arenado. Sorry, Linda McCartney. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.